0: Alright, welcome to the Buffalo Sports Podcast. It's your host, A.J. Cebalski. Uh Today, I have the privilege to be joined by no one other than Ryan Talbot, uh, a writer for NYUP and Bills Updates. Ryan, how are you doing today?
1: Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on.
0: No problem. Uh, give him a follow uh, on Twitter, at Ryan Talbot Bills. Um, Ryan, just to start, tell us about, a little about yourself and uh, what you do.
1: Yeah, uh, I cover the Bills along with Matt Perino over at newyorkupstate.com dot com and Syracuse dot com. I've been over at uh, the site there for oh, close to at least three years now. I believe I'm getting very, really close to that point. Uh, I started when Matthew Fairborn was there, and then he went on to the Athletic. So I've I've been working with two really good mats here for the last few years. That sounds that sounds great. All right, so today
0: um we're gonna cover. Uh, a very early 53-man roster projection for the Bills. Uh, Definitely not something easy to do, especially with the talent on this team, but um, definitely uh, will be fun to talk about. Uh, So I'd like you to start um, with the quarterback room. Uh, Go ahead and discuss who you think uh, is going to make the team as a quarterback.
1: Yeah, I just think that uh, this year, especially with everything going on with COVID nineteen, the the Bills are going to have to carry three quarterbacks. So they they dra- drafted Jake Fromm. They already have Matt Barkley, and obviously they have Josh Allen as their starter. Uh, I think long term they view Fromm as their number two quarterback, but there's not going to be enough time for him to come in and prove that one he's capable of learning the an uh, uh, NFL playbook that quickly, or in two. Uh, with this short and offseason, you're not going to get to see much of him in terms of his chemistry with players and how he runs the scout team uh, and things like that. And then when you consider the expectations for this team this year, which is nothing short of the playoffs, you do need a reliable backup. And there's only so many uh, reliable backups in the NFL. And, and Barkley, believe it or not, is probably in the middle of the pack when it comes to uh, backups in this league.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, so I, um, I also have uh... – Allen Barkley and Fromm all making the team, but yeah, I do I do agree with you to your point that I definitely don't think Fromm's going to be ready right away. So if Allen goes down, I still want Barkley as the backup, but maybe farther along in the year when Fromm can get more playing time and uh, practice, and he can eventually be, become the backup.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, he just needs some time, needs some seasoning. Uh, it could be something that happens late in the year if they're really uh, if they're really that confident in him, but. I think twenty twenty-one is the goal where all of a sudden From takes that number two job and they feel comfortable with him. And then maybe they bring in an older veteran to, to be that number three and active on game day type situation.
0: Absolutely. All right. Um on to running backs, uh, I'm gonna start with this one. Um so obviously Singletary and Zach Moss, the rookie and singletary second year are RB1 for this year for sure. And then I think my other two backs that uh, we're going to keep is TJ Eldon, who, who who will be a good third back. Uh, he had success um, in Jacksonville a couple of years back. He came over last year, and I think he could have been used more, but um, definitely wasn't used as much as I liked him to be. And then my fourth back that I like is Tywan Jones that we signed, who caught the big catch against us in the playoff game. Uh, definitely like, like him on special teams, and he'll definitely uh, bring value to that. Uh, Position group. Go ahead with your running backs. Those
1: those are the same four backs that I had. Uh, Singletary, you know, you've seen him. He's been putting in the work. He's been working on that hill. He's been working with uh, the Virginia Tech running back coach, believe it or not, which is kind of nice for him with with everything going on. Uh, Virginia Tech's coach couldn't obviously be with his players. So Singletary's been able to work with him a little bit. Uh, Kevin Smith so that that's pretty nice for for him Zach Moss is already getting in some reps with some of the rookies with Josh Allen Matt Barkley he'll be that complimentary back short yardage possibly goal line uh, but also just that change of pace one cut downhill runner TJ Yeldon like you said probably deserves some more opportunities especially in the second half of, of the season last year when when Frank Gore was really having trouble uh, picking up yards and I just think that they respected the veterans so much that they couldn't really go away from him for whatever reason. But I think that he would be the number three this year. And then Jones for his special teams play, uh, you know, after the Bills re-signed – I shouldn't say re-signed because he was with the Texans last year, but he he was with the Bills previously. Uh, But when they signed him, Lorenzo Alexander said, you know, there's your bell cow on on special teams. There's this guy that's really going to help that unit. So absolutely good in that regard. And then it'll be interesting to see now what they do as well at the fullback position.
0: Yeah, uh, moving on to that. Actually, uh, I know I read your uh, early fifty-three men on NY Up, and I know I know you like. I think it's undrafted rookie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh I I like Demarco still. I think the the regime uh, is like not crazy over Demarco, but really likes Demarco, and I think he brings leadership. But I do agree to your point that I do I could see them moving on from Demarco, especially that his production I mean hasn't been that great, and I know they love the fullback position. So you can just touch on that.
1: Yeah, you know, you're right. DeMarco brings that leadership aspect. He's been there for a while. He plays on special teams. Uh, But to to counteract that, you know, Reggie Gilliam is the undrafted free agent that they signed out of Toledo. Six block kicks in his career there, four in 2018 alone. Um, So he has a knack for that. He's really good on special teams. Uh, Ran something like a 4.840 at 240-some pounds, which is a solid time for a fullback. Has some decent hands, even though he wasn't really utilized as much as a tight end type uh, option or weapon at Toledo. But I think he can bring more to the offense in that regard. He can play on special teams. And then, you know, I, I just feel like at some point you have to rip that Band-Aid off with DeMarco. Uh, he's in his 30s. The production's gone down. You just you just signed Taiwan Jones to play special teams. You added Tyler Matic-Pevitt to most special teams tackles in the last four years. You have Gilliam, you have Saran Neal, a lot of guys that you had on last year's unit. Robert Foster, possibly, if he can uh, crack that roster again. So you do have some guys in place. You don't have to keep them long. And I just think it's probably the best time this year to move on from uh, DeMarco. Okay, good point. Good point, definitely.
0: Um, Okay, I'm going to move on to the wide receiver position. Uh, I had a really tough time with this. I've went back and forth like tremendously because we got so much talent there this year. Um, But I decided we're going to keep seven. Uh, As to last year, I think we kept six um, with Duke on the practice squad. So not to mention here, my surprise cut uh, is Duke Williams. I don't even think he'll be put on the practice squad uh, due to the fact that we did add Gabe Davis and Isaiah Hodgins. So that I think those two guys fill the need and they're way younger. And even though they're not quick, they are quicker than Duke. So they can definitely uh, bring some youth to the wide receiver room. And then I have Isaiah McKenzie making the roster. Uh, I think he can just do something, uh, bring something to the offense that the other uh, receivers can't. He's uh, great under rounds, you know, those type of short yardage situations. And then I have obviously Andre Roberts, who, great special teamer. Uh, I think he did really well last year, even though he didn't return any. And then Diggs, Brown, and Beasley, who will be the top three. Uh, You can touch on that as well.
1: Yeah, same seven here. I, I went with seven as well. Obviously, your top three this year, Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, John Brown, uh, not in any you know specific order there, but a, a really solid top three. Uh, you obviously get that number one weapon in Diggs for Allen. John Brown, though, had a career year last year in Buffalo. Beasley was pretty much his second best just statistical season of his career. So, you know, that's that's really solid right there. Now, You know, Gabe Davis, I think, is going to be in line to take that number four job as long as he flashes a little bit here in in whatever offseason we have and during the preseason. I think that he's going to end up being what they thought they had in Robert Foster. When Robert Foster flashed in 2018 in the second half of the season, you know, it it looked like you had a guy that was maybe going to be a a star. Uh, and, And then he just kind of fizzled last year where, yeah, he contributed on special teams and was solid in that regard. But disappeared in terms of the offense and I don't know if that was a confidence thing because he pretty much is John Brown light where uh, everything John Brown can do Robert Foster can do it but just not as well as Brown so I don't know if, what the reason was but I think that you bring in Gabe Davis to replace him Isaiah Hodgins is that Duke Williams replacement like you alluded to big guy great hands something like only three drops in his yeah, career in college so uh, it makes a lot of sense to have on this team to to bring along. I would actually love to see him be a slot option, a big slot option. Obviously, a Beasley does his own thing there, but adding a bigger guy that can run in the slot can uh, lead to some potential mismatches as well. And then, like you said, I, Isaiah McKenzie right now, he sticks on this roster because he's that gadget guy, the end around. Uh, if, if they do end up keeping six, though, I, I won't feel as confident about him just because He's had some chances in the past to be kind of a return man, a backup return man uh, behind Roberts, and he, he still has those fumbling issues, bobbling the ball, where that's the one thing where, you're you right, Andre Roberts didn't return into the house last year, but the one thing you could say about him is when that ball is kicked in the air, whether it was a kickoff or a punt, you knew he was coming down with it. There wasn't going to be any bobbles, there wasn't going to be any nervous moments, and he still did get his fair share of, of decent returns, don't get me wrong, but. Yeah. Having someone back that that's reliable, that's not going to lead, you know, turn the ball over and flip the field, that's a huge asset for a team. So I agree with Robert sticking on this roster for another year.
0: Absolutely. Um, and not to mention what I said about Duke not making the team or practice squad, uh, which is probably a hot take for me, uh, definitely is uh, relevant because last year's Houston game, uh, he just couldn't come down with those those jump balls, those, those contested catch, catches that would have turned that game around. So I think definitely adding Hodgins uh, that big target who caught the bell extremely well in college uh, will definitely bring something to our offense. All right. Uh, to the tight end room, uh, you can start with this one. I know I messaged you before the podcast and I was, I was really struggling with uh, who to keep because I think there's a lot of talent uh, in the tight end room, even though some people don't think we have that like star. I still think there's so much depth and uh, talent in our tight end room. So you can go ahead, Ryan, With uh, start with this one.
1: Yeah, I just have them keeping three tight ends, uh, obviously starting out with Dawson Knox. Knox really flashed last year uh, in terms of some, some big play potential. I think he can take that next step this year. I know there were a lot of frustrating drops last year, but the one thing fans have to remember is he really wasn't utilized in college either at, at Ole Miss. You know, he was a guy that could create mismatches, but they had great wide receivers in that program that they were throwing the ball to early and uh, uh, often. So he wasn't getting the ball there. So when you start feeding the ball in the NFL, you know, drops are going to occur until he can kind of get into that groove, get used to the uh, Josh Allen velocity, uh, get used to just being a bigger part of an offense. You're going to have that. And I think he'll see the, a bigger role this year. There will be some drops, but I think he'll also see improved overall play. But I really do like him going forward in terms of being a mismatched nightmare where, you know, he, he can uh, athletically get away from the linebackers and he is big enough where he can kind of uh, stiff arm those the members of the secondary, those defensive backs, into the dirt if he has to. So I really like that. I'm a big Tommy Sweeney guy. He's the one that I think will be tight end number two by the end of the year. Uh, Sweeney was viewed as a great blocker going into last year's draft. I was really impressed with his hands in training camp all throughout last year's offseason. Uh, when he first came to Buffalo, and then when he had opportunities to catch the ball in the NFL, he actually fared pretty well, uh, did pretty well early in the season, that meaningless season finale, he he played pretty well as well, so he's a guy that I think will develop into their number two, and then, you know, you, you bring in Kyler Croft last year, you give him a lot of money, uh, I, I don't think he's ever going to live up to that contract, but I think he he starts the year as tight end number two, eventually loses that spot and moves on to tight end number three, But a decent pass catcher, a guy that, when healthy, is reliable. Uh, But you're right. I mean, you're losing some real talent here. A blocking guy like Lee Smith, he's going – I don't have him making the roster. I know you like Jason Krumel. You talk more about him. Uh, An athletic guy, doesn't make the roster. There was a guy that they added uh, last year that I think will be on their practice spot again, but I can touch more upon that later as well. But, you know, they they do have some options that they can put down on that practice spot in case – it's just uh, with three quarterbacks on this roster, you have to cut some players in some places. So for me, only carrying three tight ends was one route that I went.
0: Okay. Uh, I do agree. I ended up t- keeping three. Um, I think Knox, obviously, tight end one. Uh, run after the catch is unbelievable. He's big target, mismatch. All the things you said, I totally agree with. Uh, like you said, also, he definitely wasn't used uh, correctly at all, Miss. Um, he definitely – He definitely was raw coming in last year, and uh, hopefully he can develop into a a great tight end one for Josh Allen this year. Uh, My tight end two is going to be Sweeney. Uh, I think Sweeney – I love Sweeney. I loved watching him in the preseason last year. And, like, the finale, he did play well uh, too, so I do like Sweeney. And then my tight end three is going to be Kroom. Um, I just – like Tyler Croft, he did catch that ball last year against Pittsburgh, and it was uh, great because that basically clinched us to playoff berth, and it was a, probably a huge moment for him with all the struggles he had and with injuries. But uh, I just don't see Croft being able to stay healthy, and I just like Kroom, uh more more athletic. And I think Sweeney, Sweeney's not as athletic as uh, Kroom. so I just like Kroom athletically, and I think he fits perfectly with Knox and Sweeney. So, uh, I definitely like Kroom as our tight end three. And sadly, what I think uh, Croft might have to go. Interesting.
1: Yeah, definitely interesting. You know, people do forget that Kroom was their leading tight end just a few seasons ago. Obviously, couldn't stay healthy last year, but it, it would surprise me some fans. But it wouldn't be a total shocker if he was able to stick on this roster, if he can uh, show what he did a few seasons back.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was definitely – Josh Allen's not, like, favorite target. But, yeah, 2018, I mean, Josh Allen was relying on Kroon, especially with our depleted uh wide receivers and tight ends around him. So, all right. Uh, moving on to the O-line now. So, obviously – oh, I have us keeping nine. Um, obviously, the, the starters are coming back. You got Mitch Morrissey, Quentin Spain, Cody Ford, uh, Feliciano, and um, Deion Dawkins. And then, so those five, they're going to be great. They're going to be coming back. Uh, they're going to have unity, continuity. They're going to be, they're not, like like you said in your article, they're not the most talented group. Uh, there's definitely more talented groups, but there's so much continuity uh, with them. So definitely keeping those five together is going to be really important. Um, and then backing up at tackle will be Skashi who I think is better in a backup role. Uh, I think he's getting older. Uh, he can't, I don't think he's going to be able to play uh, you know, what they did, McDermott did last year with rotating the snaps between Cody Ford and Niskeshi. Uh, I don't think Niskeshi is going to be able to do that that much this year. I think they really want a solid five. And then Daryl Williams, uh, the free agent we added from Carolina, uh, he showed flashes. He's had injury problems, but when he's been healthy, he's been really good. So I think he can definitely play a good backup role. And then I like Evan Boehm. Uh, Free agent. Uh, I really like him as a guard for the Bills, a backup guard. Uh, he. I, I don't even know if he allowed a sack last year. I don't know. I think it was some crazy stat where he didn't allow a sack and almost like 400 snaps. And then I also like Ryan Bates uh, for his uh, versatility on the line. He can play any position and he's familiar with the uh, offensive line coach with here in the system. So uh, you can speak on that.
1: Yeah, I also have nine and you know it was t- this was maybe the toughest position for me because there's so much depth here and there's so much talent and it's if this player stays, he can play here and here and, and you're trying to kind of fit the puzzle pieces together. Same starting five obviously as last year, so I have all of them returning. Not guaranteeing that it'll be the same starting five in week 1 because you do have a guy like Daryl Williams, so there's my sixth player that I, I think will compete either at right guard or right tackle depending on where they want to see him at. Uh, keep him away from the left side. I know we can play over there, but he's not as effective. Tyanseki, like you said, uh, when he played last year, I thought he played well, but he was nicked up a lot. He, uh-huh. he, he moving pretty slowly after games, after practices. Uh, I, I've been told, you know, covered in the ice packs, and he, he could be a surprise cut candidate because of his age and everything else. I, I really liked the signing at the time, but you know, father time does catch up to these players and, and it's harder for those bigger guys to move around. But I, I think right now he sticks on the roster. Uh, Spencer Long, I have on the roster right now is that swing guy. Uh, but he's probably the one player that I think is at most at risk. I know they picked up his option and, and it's 3 million or 3.25 million. Uh, but if you can upgrade that area uh, do it don't just keep him around for that reason and maybe that isn't Evan Bain who I didn't have making it in this first go around but I do like his versatility on the inside I have Ryan Bates a young player there as well and I think that's my nine so Dawkins Ford and Secchi Williams Spain Feliciano Long Bates and Morse
0: okay and uh, another name I want to mention just to put out there is Trey Adams the uh, undrafted rookie offensive tackle he was going to be a day one or day two pick and Unfortunately, he had injury concerns. And there was this crazy video on Twitter I saw where uh, very inappropriate. So it's definitely – he has a lot of talent. But, uh, I mean, he, he, could, he could possibly make the roster if he really has a good cap and shows that he has maturity and wants to buy into the culture
1: here. Yeah, he, he's someone to watch. He's, he's the other undrafted free agent that I think has a shot of making this team along with Gilliam. Uh, like you said, it's going to come down to health. And the one thing I'll say about the Bills, though, is they do have the facilities to keep a guy like Adams healthy to look at him, to, to really take care of him. So if if he flashes enough potential, you might be given the choice of saying, well, listen, we can try to sneak this guy into our practice squad. He did go undrafted. Seven, uh, every team had a chance to draft him over the seven rounds, and no one did. But if he flashes during the preseason and looks well, there's going to be a team that says, hey, we we should take a flyer on this guy. So if he plays well, the Bills might have to sneak him onto the roster, which could be bad news for a tie-in Secchi or – Even if you feel good enough about your internal depth, you get rid of a Spencer Long or a Ryan Bates who has a little bit of versatility and can potentially play uh, pretty much all across the line. So a a guy like Bates would hurt to cut him because he's also young and he has probably the most versatility of any player on this offensive line, but tough decisions will have to be made here in the, in the near future.
0: Okay. I'm going to move to special teams now. Uh, I'm not going to go to defense because the special teams, uh, really is intriguing this year with all the new new faces we got out there. So obviously, Reed Ferguson, uh, long snapper, that's that's a given. Um, I think Hoshka is gonna make the roster. Uh, I think I mean, I know they did they extend Hoshka? I know they extended him pretty recently. Um,
1: I know they they changed something. i can't I, I can't remember though if this upcoming year is the last of the contract, or if hes signed for one more after, he might be signed for one more after. Okay,
0: so I do like Hoshka and I think Bass will make the practice squad. Um, but I think they're confident in Houska still, and I just don't see – I would not be confident in Tyler Bass from a small college school coming in week, week one against the Jets and say we have to make a big kick. Um, I think I'm, – I'm more confident with Houska, but I definitely think if Hoska starts to struggle throughout the year and Bass is kicking well in practice, uh, Bass could definitely take over uh, Houska as a starting kicker. I could definitely see that. Um, I think. Oh, what's his name? Are you That's it? Yes, I can't say it. Uh, <laughs> punter. Uh, I don't think Boharcas will make it. Boharcas has had his games, but he's just also been. I mean, he he'd be shanking some kicks, and he was inconsistent. So I think getting a more consist uh, consistent kicker, like or punter, like you said, um, he'll he'll be the starting punter. So you can touch on special teams. What you think with that?
1: Yeah, you know, Vedvik is who I chose in my first 53-man uh, projection as well, but I really don't know much about him as a punter. We've seen him as a kicker. He bounced around a little bit last year in that role, but he's exclusively going to be a punter here. So I'm intrigued by him. I want to see what he can do. Uh Horquist has a shot of sticking. He has the big leg, but like you said, very inconsistent. For every great kick, there's maybe one or two puzzling ones, like what was he doing, what was he thinking. No real directional skills on a consistent basis. Uh, you mentioned Ferguson. He's a lock as the long snapper. There's no competition there. And then I'm going to play the uh, advocate for Tyler Bass here. I'm going to say that Bass is going to make this team. And, and here's my thinking. One, you spent a fifth-round pick on this guy, okay, or six, actually a sixth-round pick on this guy. Um, and if you had any doubts about this guy, you would have just said, okay, if he goes through the draft, which he wasn't going to, we could, we'll sign him as an undrafted guy. If you have enough – confidence in Hauschka add an undrafted free agent for competition go from there but Bass was the number one kicker on a lot of draft boards leading up to the draft he wasn't the first kicker taken in that draft but he was the number one on a lot of boards and between now and week one of the regular season there's going to be probably at least a handful of teams that go through kicking woes and if a guy like Tyler Bass does not make Buffalo's roster I don't see any path for him to make the practice squad because someone's going to say Here's the number one kicker on our board. We didn't have – we had more needs that we had to address during the actual draft, but if we can get him now on a waiver claim, we're going to do it. Now, if Hauschka loses his job, he's going to get signed pretty quickly, too. Don't get me wrong there. Hauschka had his ups and downs last year. There was a one little gap of time where he was really struggling on kicks. Then he made, like, his next four or five. Thanksgiving Day game, he made most of his field goals, most of his extra points, but he missed one of each. And then he had a second field goal that really he could have missed, but I think it was a, a doink, kind of hit the, the post and went in, which isn't always guaranteed. It was after that Thanksgiving Day game, that the Bills put in a claim on Chase McLaughlin, a guy that was on their roster uh, during training camp last year, and they lost it because Indianapolis had a worse record and he ended up going to the Colts. But the fact that that was in Buffalo's mind last year, like we need to bring someone on to, to really push Hauschka, The fact that they did that makes me think that they're not sold on him Hauschka did bounce back after that, had a really strong end of the regular season, was perfect in, in the playoffs, but that was also in a dome. You know, you're in Houston, you're in a dome. In Buffalo, you, I don't know if they trust him to make 50-yard kicks anymore with the swirling winds and everything else. The one thing I'll say about Bass is he has that big leg. And, and the last thing I'm going to say, because you're not the only person that said this to me when I've been talking about the kicker position, is, you know, I, I don't want, want to trust a rookie kicker to, to win or lose a game for me. If the Bills are depending on a rookie kicker to win or lose games for them in 2020, then there's something really wrong with this offense. Okay. You have Stefan Diggs now. You you have Brown, you have Beasley, you have Josh Allen in year three, you have two young backs, Dawson Knox, an improved offensive line, even from where they were last year. You should not be depending on your kicker to win you or lose you games. You have a top five defense, you have an improved offense, you know. If he starts missing those thirties, 35 yards, yeah, I'm concerned. But he shouldn't be put in the position where you should be depending on him week in, week out. There will be maybe two or three games where it comes down to a kick from him. But besides that, you know, it shouldn't be on his shoulders to win you games in 2020 with, with the talent that they have on both sides of the ball.
0: Uh, great points, Ryan. It's great points. Um, before uh, we go to the defense, I just want to mention uh, – Josh Allen working out with Isaiah Hodgins, Gabe Davis, and Zach Moss and Matt Barkley. Uh, I've always loved that about Josh Allen. Uh, I think he does as much as he can to work with his guys. Uh, that's why I think uh, most Buffalo fans are starting to really, really uh, believe in Allen. And uh, not to mention, I know that he is working out next week with Stephon Diggs in Florida, which is reported. So you get, those, you get those two getting some chemistry and uh, Allen working on the deep ball, and it can be uh, something fun to watch.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and I'll even throw in that Gabe Davis uh, said that he also spent time with John Brown last week, where Brown invited him to his house, let him stay with him for a few days, worked with them. So to have a, a veteran like that already working with you a little bit on on your game, that also bodes well for the chemistry, uh, in the wide receiver room.
0: Absolutely. All right, moving on to the D line now. Um, I'm keeping eight here. Um, obviously you got Hughes coming back. You got um at oliver who's gonna i think gonna be a breakout player uh he should be um mario addison who we added on uh, the offseason he's coming off uh geez i think he'll how many sacks last year do you know
1: addison i just know he's had 39 over the last four years i'd have to okay. look, go back and look he might have had double digits last year but no less than nine over the last four years okay
0: which is very impressive, uh, especially that's. Uh, a little bit older, he's still putting it putting in uh, good work. Uh, and I know he loves the culture here, and that's why he uh, wanted to join the Bills was because he loved the people and the culture. So that's good to see. Uh, obviously, AJ Appenasso, the rookie, uh, my favorite pick of the draft. I thought he was a steal at fifty-four. Uh, he shouldn't have been there. Uh, Quentin Jefferson, who uh, can play all over. Um, he's really really versatile. Uh, I think Star will make it. Uh, Starletule. He'll be good depth. I mean. He's got a big contract, and, I mean, he didn't play awful last year. He can stop the run. I know he had that awesome interception uh, with Dak Prescott, which was absolutely awesome when he caught that ball. I was like, this can't be real. Because, like, you know, I think people had, like, a thing against Star where he didn't really do much for us with the money he was given, and to see him pick the ball off against Dak on Thanksgiving was, was awesome. Uh, and then I got Vernon Butler. Uh, the free agent, uh, he was a first-round pick back in 2015, I think, and he struggled his first three years, but last year he uh, actually improved tremendously. And then I, my final guy, uh, Horrible Harry, Harrison Phillips. Uh, I think coming off an injury, he might not be there at the start of the year, but, I mean, last year he showed great upside, and he was playing good football before he uh, tore his ACL. So uh, you can go ahead.
1: Yeah, I, I have the same exact defensive Line. You know, the one thing I'm gonna point out real quick is we uh Matt and I just recently had Lorenzo Alexander on the show and, and he did a really good job of swaying me on the importance of, of Trent Murphy and the fact that uh, you know, it'd be it would be un, unwise to get rid of him too quickly here because he, he's really starting to come into his own first year here is he coming off of a serious injury. Uh Lorenzo mentioned when he had a serious injury like that, it took him a few years to get back to where he once was as a player. Uh, and then you have to remember in the season finale, he had two sacks against the Jets in the playoff game against the Texans. He had two sacks in that game as well. He uh, had a sack in the Pittsburgh game. So it was something like five sacks in three games. Uh, so it's just something to keep in mind in the, in the back of your mind, but right now I don't have him making it, but let's just say Harrison Phillips has to start the year on the pup list because he's coming off of a serious injury. And we don't know if he'll be a hundred percent by the regular season. Then maybe he does stick on this roster. But yeah, same thing that you said. You know, I, I love the pairing of, of Hughes and Addison as your uh, starting defensive ends. I know that neither of them really have much experience on the other on the uh, left hand side. But Addison said he's willing to play there. You know, some people thought he was joking when he said he told uh, Jerry Hughes that he expects him to kind of both play on both sides. I wouldn't be surprised if he was somewhat serious about that because he's he's gotten nine sacks or more in the last four years, doing it mostly on, on that other side where where Hughes currently is. So you know. He should get some snaps there as well. And if you want your best four out there, you put Hughes on the other side when when he's out there. Uh, Epinez is going to learn greatly from both of those guys. Epinez is a guy that you can kick inside as well on third down. So I really like that pick as well, like you said. Uh, Quentin Jefferson, same thing. Versatility to play inside-outside. So I love that uh, addition as well. Two years, very manageable uh, deal. Starlo Tulale would have been in danger if he didn't restructure his contract with Buffalo. But now I think he's pretty much a safe bet. Uh, never, you know, the fans will never look at him as a guy that lived up to that contract, but he's done what he was supposed to do. He's taken on two guys. He's never been a flashy stat guy. He he comes in and he eats up blockers. Now, was he a little bit inconsistent, uh, last year? Yeah. And that's, that's going to happen as you get older, but he'll, he'll do enough to stick around at Oliver. Like you said, breakout potential really came on the second half of the season. Vernon Butler really thrived last year, played his entire career with Eric Washington Uh, obviously Addison's had a lot of experience under him as well so I like both of those signings for that reason and then Phillips Phillips looked like he was poised to to have a really strong sophomore season before he went down with that injury so I am really excited to see him get back on the field hopefully sooner rather than later
0: absolutely all right moving on to the linebacker group now Uh, you can start with this one Uh, go ahead
1: yeah you you know uh, one I, I just want to quickly stress that a lot of people are worried about the linebacker position the depth but the, the Bills play a lot of nickel where you're only having two linebackers on the field at once. So I wouldn't be wor- too worried about this position. If there's an upgrade that comes along, I wouldn't be shocked if the Bills added them along the way. But I have Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano as your, obviously, your two core base guys that are going to play the majority of the snaps. A.J. Klein replacing Lorenzo Alexander in that third uh, linebacker role. Where That's where it gets a little bit interesting because you have some depth options there. Uh, Tyler Madikavich is a shoe-in, obviously, for a special teams play. I would actually like to see him get some snaps behind uh, Tremaine to see what he can do there. I, I just feel like every year Pittsburgh brought someone else in that had more experience, so he never got a chance. So I would like to see what he could at least do as a, a more of a defensive player. Uh, Corey Thompson, I think the team likes him, and, his, and he has a little bit of versatility in terms of what positions he can play at the linebacker position he can contribute on special teams. And then Vashawn Joseph, he was draft pick last year, didn't get to play, uh, went on the IR. So I think he's that last linebacker. But I would say it wouldn't shock me if Tyrell Dodson made this team, too, because here's a guy that was uh, suspended for six weeks last year and undrafted free agent signing by the Bills. The Bills easily could have parted ways with him, and they kept him on their roster. Uh, and that tells me that they like what he's done. So he he's kind of a wild card at this position as well.
0: Okay, I do have the same six. Mekovic, uh, I love him on special teams, obviously. Uh, he's going to make the team. He's a great special teams player. Uh, led the – Last four years, he's, about, he's had the most tackles on special teams. Uh, Tremaine, obviously, uh, I think he's, he's – he's, it's crazy how young he was coming into the league. Uh, I think this third year could really be something where he just shines, man. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Matt Milano, obviously, uh, my favorite player personally. Uh, I love Milano. Uh, he's just a hard worker. He's great in pass coverage. He's so versatile, uh, great player. Uh, A.J. Klein, who we added from New Orleans at free agency, who was back with McDermott, I think, in 2015. Uh, I, I do like Klein. Uh, Corey Thompson, his familiar, familiar, familiarity with the uh, defense. And then lastly, uh, Voshan uh, Joseph uh, from Florida. I definitely uh, – coming off a year where he didn't play, uh, he definitely has a lot of athletic ability and upside. Uh, so that's definitely uh, nice to see.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And then finally, uh, moving on to the defensive back position, uh, I'll start with this one, obviously. Uh, Trey White, Levi Wallace, uh, Josh Norman, those three are definitely going to make the roster. Now, this is where I got into, like, I was like, I don't know. I I didn't know what to do here. It's so tough. Um, I don't trust EJ Gaines uh, staying healthy. I just can't. I've tried. I mean, I think he's a great player, obviously. When he played, he played a couple games. I think, I think it was 2018 or 2017. Uh, he was exceptional. He He's so physical. He's a great tackler. Uh, he can really play that position well, but I do like Dane Jackson making this roster uh, over EJ Gaines. Uh, I fell in love with the pick after I didn't really know much about him. And then when I saw the way he played at Pittsburgh, uh, I think Dane Jackson is just an exceptional player and could eventually be that nickel corner uh, in the next couple of years from the and then. I also do like Teron Johnson uh, making the roster, and then for my safeties, I like Sharon Neal. Uh, he's a freak uh, on special teams, a great tackler, and even even in the uh, when he goes in there with ten percent of snaps he gets, he can tackle man on the defense. He 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 tackles hard, and he's a great player. And then Poyer and Hyde, obviously, uh, probably one of the best safety duos in the league most continuity too. They're they're so great together. They just disguise coverage so well. And then Dean Marlowe, uh safety, I think his familiarity, uh whatever his um I can't I can't say the word. Familiarity with the system. Yeah. Uh is definitely something they'll like. And I think Marlowe uh plays that Coleman role like uh he, like Coleman did last year and Marlowe really gives us depth at the safety position. Uh so you can go ahead.
1: Yeah, I had some tough decisions here as well. So I started with Trey White, obviously, uh, all pro, great guy. Get him under contract long-term, hopefully sooner rather than later. But if I'm White, I'm holding out a little bit longer, too, to get as much money as I can. Yeah. Uh, Josh Norman any Eja Gaines, I am making the roster. But you're right, it, it's hard to envision Gaines being healthy for week one. He's had some pretty bad luck over the course of his career with injuries. Uh, did play really well in 2017. Then he went to the bronze 2018. Uh, two concussions, three weeks there but he did have some injuries in 2017 with Buffalo as well. that I think kept him out of five games total last year to the regular season, got injured in training camp. And then, you know, I'm hoping to see him at least stay healthy. If he is, he makes it. If not Dane Jackson, I have taken that spot. Uh, Levi Wallace being, you know, corner four and then Taryn Johnson being number five safeties, hide employer best, one of the best combinations in the league. They still don't seem to get enough praise and recognition uh, league wide. Saran Neal, loves Saran Neal. I think he's going to take a, a big step this year. And the defense as well, playing that big nickel role. Lorenzo Alexander alluded to that as well. Uh, but you're right, big special teams contributor was my special teams MVP last year. And then Jaquan Johnson really liked him. Seemed to have a nose for the ball. Uh, Alexander praised him as being very smart, one of the smart, smarter players on that defense. So I like him sticking around too. Hard to not have Marlow on this roster because he's been around for a few years. Obviously, was with them in, in Carolina as well. But, you know, when, when you get better and better year in, year out, those tougher decisions have to be made.
0: All right, sounds good. Uh, this, is, this has been great uh, 53-man roster projection here with uh, Ryan Talbot. Uh, one, thing, one more thing I want to mention, and then I got one question for you. Uh, the thing I like most about this offseason, obviously adding Diggs was uh, awesome, but the improvement on special teams really struck me. Um, I think our special teams uh, was not that good last year. I think we could have been way better, and we added so many um, so many players on special teams that can make our special teams ten times better than it was last year. Which is what Thurman always says: you got to win in uh, all three phases of the game. So uh, winning special teams will definitely help us become a, a very very good playoff team this year. Uh, and then one question for you. Um, what uh, What's the goal for this team? What do you think they should uh, achieve this year? What What's the goal for the Buffalo Bills? Uh,
1: I think anything short of winning the division for the first time since 1995 and winning at least one playoff game would be a disappointment. So uh, I think, one, you need to take the AFC East. Uh, Tom Brady's gone. I, I still think the Dolphins are a year away, although I will say that I, I think they uh, shortened the rebuild significantly based on their free agency, their draft. Uh, and then the Jets, you know, I'm still not sold on the Jets. They, they did improve their offensive line, but their big free agent signing was George Fant, who was not that great. Uh, Becton, the, their first-round pick, I, I think is either going to be an all-pro within three to five years or out of the league within three to five years. I, I think that he's that boomer bust guy. So I liked uh, Werfs a lot more than him and the other uh, top two but if if he can keep his weight under control and he does develop, he, he will be a special player. So it, it's just one of those far from a guarantee. We've seen it too many times. We saw it many years ago with Mike Williams, uh, a guy that was supposed to be an all-pro talent coming out of Texas who kind of ate his way out of the league, eventually came back a few years after that uh, and looked a lot better in his second stint in the NFL. But uh, boomer bust there. So I, I think winning the division, first and foremost, has to be the top priority. And then not just getting into the playoffs for the third time in four years, but you have to at least win one playoff game. And if they win the division, then the good news is it's a home playoff game. And, you know, fingers crossed, hopefully by then some fans can, uh, can attend that game.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I, I do agree with uh, all you said. I think winning the division is a must. Uh, I have them going 10-6 and six on the year in my earlier podcast. Uh, I think they're, this schedule is so good that it's going to be hard to beat uh, those teams. But I, I, do, I do have the ceiling at 12. I think they can win 12. Then I have, the floor at, uh, I have the floor at nine wins. I don't see this team losing less than nine. And if they did, it would be abysmal for uh, all the Bills fans and, and the team. All right, man, thanks for joining me today. Um, it was a pleasure. Uh, it's your host, AJ Sabalski. I was joined today by Ryan Talbot. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Ryan Talbot Bills. Uh, we talked about the 53-man roster and uh, what we expect uh, come, uh, coming this year. Uh, Ryan, thanks for joining me, man. Hey,
1: thank you for having me on.
0: Absolutely. All right. Have a good one and go Bills.